0: All right, guys. Uh, Hey, welcome to I Do But Differently, starring Denny. Hey, hey. And myself. Uh, Today we've got a a shorter episode for you. Uh, We want to talk through some fun things, and uh, we'll just, yeah, we'll get this started right away.
1: Yeah. Man, uh, this weekend was fantastic, and it was a great launch for the very first episode. We talked a lot in length about our backgrounds and where we came from and and kind of just in, in... sharing with the community of who we are and what we're doing. And, and, uh, and now we really want to kind of jump in more uh, on education, more on talking like real world things with within the wedding industry.
0: Yeah, things that we've learned throughout our business uh, time and, and uh, some of our fails and some of our successes and just kind of bring that all to you guys and see if any of it's beneficial. So yeah, um, I guess we'll kind of kind of started off by talking about we're in 2024 now. What's What was 2023 like um, for you? Uh, maybe some of the biggest things you learned, Denny?
1: So I, I put a lot of thought about that. And we talk about this a lot within Elevate is like, where did we come from? What did we learn from 2023? And in patience is probably one of the biggest things. And actually that's Uh, that is a word that I'm using this year along with the word clarity. There's been some time last year that I don't feel like I had a lot of clarity about certain things. Mm -hmm. And so that's clarity, not only in the numbers and in looking at reporting and education and training within the business, but also clarity in the wedding community itself and kind of the direction we're going and then having Mm -hmm. some patience to go along with that. And like, I believe that I, I, deserve patience. And I believe that I should give patience. And I think the healthiest human beings, and this is what I found out in 2023, the healthiest human beings are the ones that are practicing it in their life. And then they're able to like actually put it forward into the world and into the community to others. So if okay. I love myself, if I'm patient with myself, if I'm happy with myself, uh, if I trust myself, then those are things that are going to be reciprocated outward towards other people. Yeah. And so like that is, that's probably one of the biggest things that I learned last year in is clarity and patience. Um, clarity, like I said, really in numbers. Um, have you ever just gotten lost in the numbers of your business?
0: Yeah, I probably too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I, there's this old mantra of, if you're not growing, you're dying as mm-hmm. a business. Yeah. And so one of those things that's very tempting to do is just constantly look at numbers, um, and that eventually can if you're not cautious, translate into your clientele or your couples being numbers Mm -hmm. to you. And, and, and that's never a place you want to get. Um, and so we've all probably been there to some degree, at least in the beginning of our businesses or, or, uh, you know, even, I don't know. Maybe your business grows so rapidly that you just start seeing things like that, and people lose their identities. But I, I would say that that's that's something that we have all struggled with at times. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the one of the biggest things that I would say I learned in 2023 was that as a business, it didn't revolve around one single person, but instead mm-hmm. revolved around uh, the the team and and the, what we were doing and how our uh, you know what our impact was and how we were perceived by others and 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 really try to take as a leader take that focus away from an individual and spread it out to multiple factors and doing that is challenging right doing that to a whole team is challenging. Hey how how do we focus it? Don't make this about me. I want this to be a team thing. okay, cool, easier said than done. Um, but then how do we then take that? Uh, attitude as a team of serving each other and being, uh, solid, um, vendors all the way around to, um, that's, that's like what we show our couples. Like how, how does that, how do we live that? Um, so that, that was challenging. Um, but some of the best things or best lessons I've learned so far was, uh, in, in creating a genuine teamwork a genuine care for people, genuine care and uh, and concern and empathy for like uh, people and their in their day and and what they want to experience and yeah. what we can provide.
1: Some. Simon Sinek says something when he talks a lot about leadership is one of the biggest things that corporate companies don't show enough of is empathy yeah and it's interesting it very cold very cold yeah 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 and it's because of the numbers. Mm-hmm. like we can get so lost in the reporting and the numbers and stuff like that, which is obviously something that we have to know. Uh, whether you have a team or you're a solo op Mm -hmm. of any sort, whether you're a solo florist or a solo photographer or a solo DJ or whatever that is, you can get lost in the numbers so much where every person is a number, every, like you said, every uh, client is a number. It's just another event. Um, But even as a solo op, it's really important to understand your own motives and your own teamwork within yourself and like collaboration. That's what I love about, um, a lot of the networking here in Kansas city Mm -hmm. is, yeah, there are a lot of solo op people, but it, this community almost kind of combines it together to make it feel like this really large organization that's almost living and breathing together and doing business alongside of each other.
0: Yeah. Have you felt that? I I have. I, I think that, um, it's hard for me to compare to other communities because Kansas City is the only one that I've really grown up in, as far as uh, being in this industry. But I, I do feel that I feel that from like I feel like our big business uh, is not really that much different than a solo uh, solopreneur, right? <laughs> um, but on that same front, like they probably do feel different about us. Like the the solo people probably feel a certain way about the larger um, companies and, and some obviously don't want to have anything to do with that kind of growth or some, some don't want to become a big company, mm. but some do, and they don't know how to get there. Um, I would like to kind of like, maybe you have some insight on this, but like, um, like talk about like, what does that person need to know about bringing up a team? Like how, how do we, um, how do you, how do you go from a solo into a, a larger operation? Um, I've got something to kind of kick off and, and that is, in my opinion, I think it's transparency. Hmm. I think as a, as a leader or as a boss or whatever position you find yourself in, if you're trying to expand a team, the, the more closed off you are, the more secrets you hide behind, the less your team can get on board with what you're actually doing. There is a certain amount of knowledge that not everybody needs. Okay. But there is right. definitely a, uh, there's this weird secrecy that goes on between like owners and the rest of the company mm-hmm. or, or, uh, or leaders and the rest of, uh, their team. And so I think in order to be successful, y'all need to be on the same page. That's what teamwork is, right? I mean, you can't call it teamwork. If one person has all the knowledge mm-hmm. and the other people are just kind of mining along, like you need to bring people on with that same respect and and know what your team needs. You know, You need to Kind of be able to give information to them that they, uh, they wouldn't be able to, um, they wouldn't be able to do their job without that private information. A lot of that private information. I'm kind bre- of being vague with it, but yeah.
1: Yeah, it breeds a, a, a culture of trust. Yeah. To know that the company is going in a, in a general direction. Small business, especially, it, it is really tricky because you're working for this guy and you're putting a lot of trust in this one individual to pay your paycheck. Mm. Um. As as someone that came from a, a solo op experience and then working their way into a larger experience with with multiple team members, like it's interesting to see and like think back on the contrast between the two, mm. like being an individual and not having to worry about relying on anybody, not worrying about having to understand, okay, is this event going to be taken care of really well? Yeah, um, it, is it going to be fulfilled? Uh, to the expectation that i wanted to to be to then switching and being a part of a team and going okay is everybody going to provide the same experience that i want to provide for my client gary v said i actually it was funny because i actually heard gary v say this he said uh, you are naive as a business owner to expect your employees to perform at the same level that you do
0: yeah i mean it's never going to happen yeah uh, <laughs> yeah to some degree i mean you can you can, you can have amazing people, amazing employees, and amazing teammates that, that do go above and beyond, but no one is ever going to really love the business in the exact same way that you do. And in order to garnish more of that onto your people, you need to give them more responsibility, mm-hmm. and not every business owner is ready to do that. Yeah, so,
1: more trust, um, more culture behind all of that, yeah.
0: Yeah, and so... Uh, but. That kind of goes back to that transparency. Like if you're the boss and you're giving numbers to people, you're letting them know what your fears are. You're letting them know where you see opportunity. Then Mm -hmm. it's easier for people to buy into that passion. It's easier for people to see what direction you're going as a company or as a business. Um, And so... Yeah, but but you are he's right. I mean, it is naive to think that everybody's going to love your baby the way you love your baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you think your baby's really cute, and not everybody, mm-hmm. ever, you know, some people are like.
1: <laughs> yeah, some people don't like babies. They just want to give them back.
0: Yeah, you need to grow up a little bit, and then you'll be cute. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or cats. It's kind of the same way. Like, yeah. you know, some people like cats, some people like dogs. And some
0: people think they smell.
1: Uh, yeah, and they may like your cat, and then they leave it at your house, and they like it even more, you know, so. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I love what you said there with buy-in. Um, like I look at culture, especially within our team. And I think that I see this with uh, Aventi as well. Like buy-in is so important. If you're not bought into the product, you're not bought into the service, you're not bought into the mission, the vision, the values of the company. There is this lack of culture and you're just literally doing something to just do something.
0: Yeah. And culture can change too. So like, oh yeah, as a what I found, and I found a lot of this last year actually, was that like I'd been growing the business in a certain way, and then I was like, you know what? I, I feel like it's starting to lose a little bit of what I wanted to have, a little mm. bit of that emotion I wanted to give, and a little bit of the care I want to make sure that you know continues going forward. And and I, I make small tweaks every single year, probably every single day, <laughs> uh, but. As as you kind of build out your business, don't be afraid to make those little changes uh, that, that do change the direction of the company because sometimes it needs to happen. Um, for me, I wanted to have uh, a deeper respect for my people and my team. I wanted that respect to only continue to grow. Um, and... As you as you build out teams sometimes team members eventually don't want to be part of that team mm-hmm. and that's fine yep um, people go different directions in life and that's fine too it hurts it sucks because um, it's like you're, you're building up what you think is this family and then people are like oh I don't see eye to eye on that vision and that's fine uh, and you have to be okay with that as a business owner you have to be okay with people wanting to go their own route or wanting to see you know maybe if they' if their business can go and that and that's fine um, in my opinion. I think everybody has an opportunity to do something great. And if they want to do something great with me, I love that. Um, But if they don't, then that's fine too. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so I wanted to see a a deeper and more rich uh, connection with myself and my team. I wanted more transparency between myself and my team. And I wanted my team to be able to care for and deliver to our couples in the way that I would genuinely care and deliver for our couples. And, and yes, that sounds very rudimentary, very early Mm -hmm. on. And, and it was, and it always has been, but things change and develop the bigger you get, the harder that is to hold on to. And so there has to be restructuring and there has to be changes that take place in order to get you back to those early stages of care Um, in order to keep growing, but not lose quality. I mm-hmm. mean, um, so that, that's a, that's a hard thing to do yeah. is grow and not lose quality.
1: But I think it's, I think it's a very unique leadership quality to know when to step back and analyze the business and understand what you're doing and where you're going and analyze the team and say, are these people at this level? Yeah. Do we need to step back for a second? Mm-hmm. And do we need to reevaluate? Do we need to, uh, realign?
0: Yeah.
1: And like that's something I'll be honest with you. Like our team last year, there were a lot of things that, in a lot of similarities, what you're talking about, like re uh, reevaluating and understanding to gain more clarity, to understand more of the vision, the mission, the values, the things that we have, and mm-hmm. it's okay to adjust. Like we went, so we have a a, a we have a core. A core value structure. Mm-hmm. We had six different things on that core value structure at the end of last year. And we stopped in December and we had a big team meeting and we said, Hey, no, let's simplify this for a second. Mm. And we brought it back down to four, four really powerful statements four yeah. really powerful defining things for elevate. And then we created from that, this really cool uh, statement for 2024. And it's, it's we are we are this team. We are solidarity. We are hungry. We're humble. We are executing with excellence. Um, we are a no excuses type of mentality. And so like, it was really important for us to step back and see that. And that's the clarity that I'm talking about. Um, like I said earlier, we can get clarity in numbers and yes, that happened. We can get clarity in direction. Yes, that happened. But ultimately, I'm not dragging people with me. I want to be alongside of our team and collaborate with them, and see this this whole thing together. Like, I give you an example. Like Saturday night, we got to celebrate at the uh, Wed KC Gala. Yeah, it's a ton of fun. And uh, Vendors Choice Awards. Yeah, the Vendors Choice Awards. I yeah, I'm I'm over here calling it the Wed, Wed Wed KC Gala. And he texts me and he's like, "Hey, you go to the VCA's?" And I'm like, "The hell is the VCA's? I don't know what that means." Goes, it's the vendor choice awards. I was like, okay, I'm just an idiot. It's totally fine. <laughs> uh, but I, I, yeah, we got to hang out. We got to do some fun stuff. It was absolutely glorious. Yeah. Uh, so many great awards, so many great people, but it was really cool to be able to sit there with part of our team that was there yeah. and see them, their eyes light up and see the magic behind the production and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, cause this was something that, um, that I had wrote down and we discussed about talking today is like, Awards and accolades for companies. Mm -hmm. Um, We had a meeting on Monday night. I told my team this specifically. I said, we don't do what we do because of the awards. We do it for our couples and our clients. And more importantly, we do it because we love it. It's our why. It's our why behind it. The awards are great. I love the awards. And I don't ever discount that from someone else. But like, we've gotten awards. We've done awards. And I think they're valuable in a company. But like, how do you use that? Like, what are your thoughts on like, how do you use an award? You get something that's really big. That's like Austin Christian. He is the award winner for video of 2023. Like what, what do you do with that?
0: Yeah. um, I, I, I go in and out of, you know, how important I think awards are. Uh, I think it is cool. I think it's cool to be recognized by your peers, especially. I think that's a lot of fun. Um, I think that um, when couples recognize you, that's an awesome testament as well to um, the, the quality of work that you do. Um, and so a lot of vendors starting out, like, you have options to, like, join the knot and get awards that way mm-hmm. um, through positive reviews or if, if you get into it and you decide to go to things like these galas, um, which, yes, Amazing. Uh Brittany did an amazing job putting all that together. Shout out to Wed Casey. Yeah.
1: Um You look good too. Be real with you, brother. You looked good. Yeah, I know I look good. You look good though too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I felt like um I felt like I under I over prepared and under dressed because I was like I spent a week trying to put something something together. I ended up just going black on black on black on black. Um and then I walk in the room and I'm like, I feel good. And then everyone was wearing the same exact thing. <laughs> it's like, okay, well. Everybody uh, was in black on black yeah, at some yeah. point in time throughout the night. Yeah. yeah but it, it was cool. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Had a blast hanging out. And so uh, that that said, your question was, how do you use these awards? How do you, um, other than to gaslight yourself and like make, make <laughs> you feel really good about, you know who you are and what you're doing. Those are all true, right? There, there. It's great to be recognized. Yeah. Um. And it's also super great to see friends that you know are working really hard in the industry get recognized. Uh, mm-hmm. So I loved seeing that, and I screamed for several of my friends that got uh, yeah uh, awarded there. And uh, people were like, "Austin, was that you? <laughs> I was like, Did you <laughs> sound like a sound like a goat. <laughs> yeah, I was I was pretty high pitched there. Um. <laughs> but yeah, I would say you use it to know you're on the right track. Mm-hmm. You use it to say, hey, this is this is working where it's working, right? If your vendors are telling you that you're doing an amazing job, then you're doing an amazing job, but only you know the behind the scenes of the business and how it's running. And so I, I would say, like, obviously those are cool things to to promote. Everybody does it, right? Everybody promotes their wins or their nominations on things. Um including us, like we love to do that. We love any kind of recognition that we get. Um, But do they bring you money? Do they, Mm. do they, do they make you successful?
1: Mm. Um, Yeah. I think they do. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've won Missouri's best uh, award from uh, Missouri magazine multiple years in a row, obviously the knot and the wedding wire. And I don't discount those at all. Mm -hmm. Um, there are some stipulations to achieve those Mm -hmm. to get, um, you know, uh, Kansas city engage does an awards awards gala as well. Mm -hmm. I I think the, the biggest awards that I find that mean the most are the ones that you don't expect. It's the ones that people are like, Hey, you've done really good. And you're like, Oh, you, you see that.
0: Yeah. What,
1: what am I doing? That's right here. And it's like reaffirmation. And That's what then means a lot for sure. Yeah, and then taking it and turning it to where you can show. I think it provides even that much more valuable, more validity to your brand. Yeah, and being able to show that to clients. Like, if you're sitting in front of a client, you know, obviously you don't want to. You don't want to uh, <laughs> look what I got. Yeah, <laughs> look at all these. You know, carry all the awards around with you. But at the same time, like just putting it in like your signature. Um, I think, you know, social posts, I think are really powerful. So people can see, oh, you have been recognized for something. Um, you, you do it in uh, any type of marketing campaigns, potentially. Um, I think that in your community, people recognize you differently. So there, I think there is a return of yeah, all of that for sure. um, from a business standpoint. And that's, I like that because it does add that validity. But you don't want to get so lost in the award that it's like, oh, I am this, you know?
0: Yeah, and I would say uh, that would be the only down point is, like, if you are that person that didn't get a participation award growing up and you got super butthurt about it, (laughs) uh, this industry might not be for you because you're not going to get awarded for everything you do. Yeah. and that doesn't mean you're a bad vendor, right? Um, just because you're not getting awards. I, I ran into a, a friend that uh, attended the event, and he, he was like, "I'm glad I didn't win. I I would hate to get up on stage and make a speech." And I was like, "That that's why. Like that that's your thing. Uh, but that's that's funny. That's that's uh that's him." So, anyways that that to say. I do think that they provide a lot of value. I think that you can obviously use them to accelerate your business and Mm -hmm. provide trust to your clientele and vendors. Um, And I think that as a a whole, it goes to the testament. Any publicity is kind of good publicity in those Mm -hmm. ways. Like when you're getting those kinds of awards, it's always great. So to say that it can or can't make you money, I think is irrelevant. I think it's just good business to – be able to get those awards, but I don't think it makes or breaks a business to get or
1: not get. Not awards. at all. There are so many great bris- businesses that weren't even nominated in this yeah. industry, um, in specifically in Kansas City, and uh, it, it, that doesn't lessen who you are. Yeah. You you are still powerful. You are still amazing. You are still doing the things, and there are people around you that still see you. I'll give you an example. Like We're in two different markets. We're in Springfield. We're in Kansas City. And uh, there are different vendor choice awards in the Springfield market. And we're not a part of those groups specifically because we don't advertise with them. Um, And there are different brands that are out there that if you advertise with them, then you get an award or you get this or maybe a participation something. Um, But it doesn't, it doesn't lessen who we are in Springfield, right? Who we are and why we do what we do is so powerful and so important. And I think that that's something to remember whether you've been nominated or not nominated, whether you've ever won an award or you haven't. And uh, and that doesn't take away from the people who have won awards. I think the ones that won yeah. the awards this Saturday, I clap for them. I, I specifically, Levity won uh, Best DJ of the Year, and I went and, and told the guys there, I'm like, hey, I, I am so proud of you. Uh, I'm cheering you on because Mm -hmm. you deserve it. You've done really, really well. They did deserve that award. The production awards, the wedding planner of the year award, the photographer of the year award, all of these people have worked so hard Yeah, and I'm so happy for them and so happy for them. My, I like to always bring these types of conversations up for those that, uh, maybe this is your first time to win an award. Like, what do I do with that? Like, I didn't know what to do with that when we won our first award, you know, like, what do you do with that?
0: Post it, like show it, Yeah. To, you know, like you said, put it in your email signature, put it on your website, get a little decal. Like most of the, most places have like some sort of like digital yeah. type of, uh, version that you can put on your website or show it off in that way. And then of course you have the physical displays you can yeah. bring with you to wedding shows, or you can just have it on display in your business and yeah. you can make it pop up in reels, you know, whatever you want to do. <laughs> uh, but advertise the heck out of it for sure. Yeah. It's, it's marketing, like use it. Um, but for those that don't win awards or don't feel like you're uh, recognized for all the hard work you do, my my heart goes out to just say like don't get wrapped up in it. Mm. Don't don't make awards your your reason right. for business. Yep. Uh, your reason for business should be so far away from recognition. Um it should be sitting in uh delivering amazing experiences. Mm-hmm. It should be in creating an amazing team environment or an amazing business. Um, it should be a good work life balance. Like it should be a lot of things that are not ever talked about. What
1: exactly is work life balance? I'm just know? kidding. We'll <laughs> cover that in next. That's episode. another conversation <laughs> for a, a completely different day, but okay. So, yep. uh, I was reading and I was reading an article the other day in Vogue, uh, good. just a small magazine I and, never uh, heard of it. never heard of it. Yeah. Um, uh, I actually have a friend of mine. She was posted in Vogue, uh, And I I know a couple of photographers that have done some stuff, but anyway, so I was reading this article the other day and it was all about wedding trends. And so there was two wedding trends that popped up to me. Um, one, like this new wedding trend for 2024 is ceremony on Friday reception on Saturday. And so there's a couple different ways to go here because I've seen, uh, I've seen in 2023 where there has been ceremonies that are more private And then you do this really big reception. So you do this ceremony maybe for just family, like maybe 20, 25 people. And then you invite all of your friends, all of your family, all of your coworkers to come to the reception later on. Mm. I'm curious what your thought is. First off with that concept, because I've seen that more here in the Midwest, as opposed to (laughs) what Vogue is saying. And obviously they're they're talking East, West Coast type stuff. And that doesn't hit the Midwest for at least five years.
0: I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm nowhere near that. The, I mean, I've done those types of things, but not for, like, a, an American traditional-style wedding. Yeah. Uh, like, Indian weddings, like, where they have, you know, two-day like three events. Three-day events, yeah. Week events. Like, we've done that. Um, yeah. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean – I guess from a business standpoint it could make you extra money if you book two days or it depends on if you do an hourly rate or full coverage. Like it kinda just kinda I don't it, know. It's
1: interesting. I yeah,
0: I I can't say I love it. I I like to kind of celebrate with our couples on the day of. I I don't know if I would love making a two day event. I guess if you spaced it out right and had different outfits and like I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, it didn't get into a lot of detail of how it's actually formatted, but this is a new trend that Vogue is saying is going to be big here in 2024, which is Vogue Vogue magazine.
0: I don't even know what that word is.
1: Vogue. I'm just kidding. Whatever. (laughs) Stop it.
0: (laughs) No, but that, that trend kind of hits me like a sour patch.
1: It's different. It's very different. I don't love it. Okay. So, I mean, my head goes to, okay, ceremony on a Friday night. Maybe that's a church wedding like a catholic wedding potentially. And then they're like, "Hey, we're going to really party it up like a true catholic on on Saturday night." And <laughs> we should probably cut that out. Um Catholics know they party. Yeah, they do. But I see. maybe that's what it Fathers is. Fathers
0: be partying on the dance floor. <laughs> Fathers be They're like, "Hey, don't drink before the ceremony, but we're throwing down with you on the dance floor." I've that's seen, that's every catholic wedding I've ever done. So I've
1: seen a pope break dance once.
0: A pope, maybe not a
1: pope, but a priest. I don't know
0: if you know what a pope is. <laughs> I don't. At this point, nope. Um Pope rides around in a little white box.
1: I do know what a pope is, on but the back of a car. Oh, that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Priest, I think, or father. Father is probably a better way to say it. Yeah, yeah. but I call him the pope, anyways. Um, because I'm not Catholic and I don't know the difference, but. Uh, no, like, so I'm thinking ceremony Friday night, like super small. And then this big blowout reception on a Saturday, Saturday night. Like that's, it's really an interesting type of trend to me. I'm not even sure how that's going to work out, but it may not even hit this area. So wedding planners, apparently it's a trend. It may hit us in the next five years. It may not, I don't know, but there's, there's another trend that I'm, I'm curious of. And I've actually had a conversation about this with a few wedding planners. Sweetheart tables. Which is? So a sweetheart table.
0: Innov- for those if, of you that don't know. yeah.
1: If you are if you're a vendor and you're like, I don't know what a sweetheart table is, um, you probably should reevaluate your business. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> but like sweetheart tables to me, uh, as opposed to like a big head table, yep. you know, like so.
0: Right, it's the bride and groom by themselves. Yeah,
1: I'm not seeing a lot of them go away. But according to Vogue 2024, the sweetheart table is supposed to go away. And later on in the, in the article, it actually talks a little bit about head tables too. And uh, I've seen once or twice this last year, this happen where I've had couples be like, Hey, like we don't care for a lot of, you know, focus on us. Mm-hmm. And so my biggest question is always like, well, what is the most important part of your night? Is it, is it the ceremony? Is it maybe cocktail hour? Is it the cake? I mean, if you have an 18 layer cake, you probably ought to put that in the middle of the dance floor um is it your dress is it dinner and community is it dancing like what is it most important about yeah. you know your night and i have had couples tell me like hey, we don't like a lot of attention on me and we really want to focus in on the community part and then we want to do dancing as well and so i always recommend like don't do a sweetheart table yeah and it's really funny that vogue said this is like this is a new trend coming this year and actually might be starting to get away from head tables um, as much. And instead of it being a head table separated from everybody, I've seen this a lot this last year, the head table is this long Kings table in the middle of where the rest of the tables are at. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I don't mind mind that. Yeah. I don't mind that, but I'm kind of curious from a photographer standpoint, does that help? Because I've seen a couple times where, you know, you do toast and the toast person, the toaster is not standing in the front of the room at that point they're standing almost in the middle of the room with all the guests around it is it harder to get photos
0: i'd say for photography it doesn't feel that much different because we just stand wherever we need to stand we can light up pretty easily where we need to light up uh and if it was like a solo photographer you know cut 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 you know you're just kind yeah. like grabbing where you know wherever you need to go now video feels a little bit harder video especially if you're a videographer that uses like steady lights and stuff you're trying to get good angles on both the bride and the groom and the uh and and the person doing the speech and then also maybe some guests at times so i don't know i i would say the only thing that would make it continually more difficult is if People don't land on solid traditions, and Mm. they just change it up every single wedding. (laughs) Yeah. Because then people don't, you go into a wedding, and you're like, okay, what is the game plan today? It's going to be completely different than yesterday, and then it's completely different next week. And so, I don't know. I I do like some traditions to be what they are, just because it helps us as vendors. And honestly, I think that we kind of make traditions happen for the sake of ease. Um, is like, we're like, Oh yeah, you should totally do this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, working
1: through the logistics of it, you yeah, know, like we help people
0: yeah like, in it, that way.
1: That's why a lot of times my team, we like to ask for the layout so that we understand. So then we can talk through those things during our final planning meeting and go, okay, yeah. cool. It looks like your head table is going to be in the middle of everything here. So when we do your toast, I'm going to set up a microphone stand in the middle of the dance floor, right in front of you. We'll flip you around. You can watch in that way your photographer can get two different angles, one facing towards the toaster, and then if they have a second shooter possibly hitting the other person or a videography, they can set up two cameras potentially. But those are questions that I always ask my couples to talk to their photographer and their videographers about. Right. And even more importantly, bring the wedding planner into it all so that we can all be on the same page as a vendor team. Right. Um, because otherwise, I, especially vendors that have never done these types of things, they don't understand some of the little logistics to make your job easier or to understand how to make the DJ side easier. And then even more importantly, like if you're a wedding planner, you've never done something like this and your DJ has like, listen to them.
0: Right. Yeah. I For sure. Um. On the non DJ side of things. Okay. I've heard about this new trend going around for photography Hmm. and uh, it's where there's no family formals as they were, and instead the couple tells certain groups or certain family members to come meet them in different locations throughout the wedding venue and, like, do things so that there's activities with those groups of people and and less formal photos, but you still get them in, like, pictures. So they're more candid, hmm. uh, interactive photos, but no formals. Interesting. So, what are when your you, thoughts
1: on that? When you say formals, I mean
0: like smile, look at the camera, say cheese. Yeah,
1: like, yeah, yeah. And like post ceremony, getting together in a big group and cheese, and our, or our, our yeah. pre ceremony. So. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. I don't. I I think that would be really cool. I know that candid's are a bit more of a thing now. Um, mm-hmm. I know there's a, a videographer that actually is specifically focusing in on on like old 90s style type videography. Mm. Like, I don't think they're carrying around a big, you know, <laughs> a lot of video- uh, RCA.
0: Yeah, a lot of videographers have been kind of adapting and bringing in more of that old Super 8 yeah. uh, vibe for their films yeah. um, and mixing it in with modern technology to like... Yeah. Um, there's also new, like a new Super 8 camera that's been released that's... Hmm basically a new take at the old thing.
1: So I know that candids are really big. I like that idea. I just, you know, the question that I would have as someone that's helping guide the night uh, from a DJ side or even from a wedding planner side, I think this is something, it's all about logistics. Like, when are you taking that person?
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I don't like it. I don't like it because I have gained a respect for... Formals in the industry. Mm. Uh, there early on, I was like, ah, you know, they're not super important. I want to take more live, candid photos where people are just interacting and being natural. And yes, there is definitely a place for all of that. Uh, but I do think that we live in such a selfie generation, such yeah. a such a generation of, uh, and it's not going away. It's started, you know, whenever cell phones came out. Um, But where people want to see themselves looking at the camera and smiling, that's, I mean, a lot of the times, our least favorite, as photographers, formals happen to be, like, one of our least favorite types of photos a lot of the time. Uh, But those are the photos that most families have printed up in their homes. Right. Uh, We take all these epic pictures, and sometimes those don't ever make it. Um, They'll be sitting in a book or sitting, like, sitting in something printed on the table and they're really great to look at, but what you see on the wall is your family a lot of the time. And so, um,
1: I wonder if that means that people will take, if they're doing more candids, if they'll, you know, put them up more or if they'll do something different with them.
0: I, I have seen people use candids, uh, in cool ways. I'm like, Oh, you print that photo that didn't, I never thought somebody would have printed that. Um, but I, here's what I love about family formals. Um, what's kind of over the top about them is like, if you have crazy families uh, by that, I mean like crazy large families, not crazy. Uh, Sometimes they're crazy. I'm not going to lie.
1: Sometimes they are super crazy.
0: Uh, And you know who you are. You know who your families are. (laughs) As Uh, vendors,
1: (laughs) we know, we know what to watch for too. (laughs)
0: Um, I'll take it that most of the people watching this are probably vendors. Um, We run into the occasional crazy Brady Bunch, and uh, I will say the the joy of knowing that the couple got all of the formals they wanted is really good, and if you moved into this candid type of uh, shot preference, I don't know if you would be able to check it off the list and know for a fact that they got Photos with all the people they wanted to get photos with um and then that's gonna haunt you after the wedding yeah so it could be a cool trend that's fun now but like Hmm. in four months they're like hey did we ever get a picture with this person i'm like "Ah, crap now i gotta go look through my entire archive and find out if you you know did get a picture and if you didn't now you're dissatisfied with your service through us and so I'd, i'd rather just come on it's 30 minutes yeah maybe an hour if you're slow um but 30 minutes for family formals, you can knock that out. So it's uh, really solid stuff for them.
1: What's interesting is like all of these trends in some sort of way are, are kind of pushing us as vendors to become more uh, intense and more involved and more understanding and uh, more prepared for a lot of these things. Because what I heard there was a lot of – I like the traditional stuff, too, because it does get it moving, and it, there's a flow to it, and that's what I was getting in earlier. With candids, it could definitely kill some of the flow. You know, if you're in the middle of dinner, and the bride and groom are like, hey, I want to go get candids, and I have five different spaces to do all of that in during dinner. Yeah. It, they're not eating. Right. And, and then they're gonna be hungry later. And then
0: and your vendors are not eating
1: either Yeah, either. your vendors aren't eating, and your mom and dad and grandma, they are not eating, and how long does it take grandma that's ninety years old to get from the venue space to the place where you're wanting to do that? And like there's a lot of logistics that are with that. So right. it, it's interesting to think through that from a vendor's perspective of like um like how it, it's one of those things we said that we talked about this on Monday night with our team. I love the idea. When when a couple comes to you and says these things, I love the idea. Have you thought about this? Yeah. And these imp implementca- impl- implications. Wow, that was a big word. Implications <laughs> uh, of how it could affect the rest of the evening. Yeah. Or that time frame, or this this activity, so yeah. on and so forth. So.
0: I think where you see Vogue coming at it is like they're always one. They want people to read their articles, and, yeah, um, and want people to know that they are Vogue. Um but I think couples there's an honest approach here to say couples want unique things. Yeah. Um oftentimes couples think that their wedding is gonna be super unique and then it ends up just from a vendor's point of view being eerily similar to a majority of weddings. Um just because you do the same events, um, you might have different people, different looks and different designs and different florals and stuff like that, but Um, The overarching day is rather similar. And so I think where these things are well intended is to give couples the option to change it up Mm -hmm. and to be a little bit more custom in their day. At the end of the day, I want our couples to have whatever experience they want to have. It's a big day. And if they want to do it, they should totally do it. Like it's, it's uh, you get one chance to celebrate with your family in that way or to document things in this way and to get dressed up in that way. And like th- it's just there's a lot um to do in one single day. And it goes by super quick. So if you want to do it, you should totally do it. Um, and we'll roll with the punches as a vendor. Um, yeah. We think that's pretty cool. But yeah. the reality is it probably I don't see trends like that necessarily. I just they just don't flow super well. So I don't I don't think they'd stick. long term. Yeah.
1: This area, Midwest, is still pretty traditional, anyways. So, yeah. But um, let's pull up there. Yeah. Yeah. This is brought to you by the letter A for Aventi
0: and E for Elevate.
1: <laughs> we appreciate you guys. Can't wait to get back on here in a couple more weeks. We've got episodes basically coming out every two weeks right now. We're going to do another big launch uh, to push out on Spotify and Apple Music and a couple other platforms. And uh, we're still on YouTube right now for the video part of everything. So we're really excited about where everything's going. A couple big things coming up over the next few weeks in Kansas City. We've got a a workshop coming up with Wed Casey. Uh, Another big bridal show coming up on March 3rd. So some pretty big things happening.
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in to I Do, but differently. See ya. See ya.